Hi, this is Serge Kasarjan, CEO and co-founder of Stay Tuned, and also a partner at Six Man Ventures. I am panicked about all the crazy volatility that's in the world today. Who's there? Knut. Knut who? Knut who who? Knut who? Knut? Are you... Knut wants me to get right to it. He's not in a talkative mood because he owns a lot of stocks. And I didn't tell him to buy the stocks. Maybe I did. So, um, today we have a good friend. Serge. Sergio. Sergella. Sergerino. We don't know. <laughs> I can't even pronounce his last name. So it's not important because he's Serge. No one forgets a guy named Serge. How, how do you pronounce it? Serge Kasarjian. Serge Kasarjian. Well, Serge K, Sergey K, where do you think he's from? <laughs> Can it... uh, I'm thinking somewhere in maybe families from Eastern Europe at some point. All right. I'm not sure. We'll check in with them. But Serge is um, multi-hats. He is a uh, partner at Six Man Ventures which I think he's a partner. I'm an investor in it, so I think he's a partner, which is a venture capital firm with his buddy from Stanford, Mike Foodis, the Dudas, and who's been on the podcast. And he is also uh, the founder, and we are actually our LPs. That's why I met him through Mike Katz and, and a few other people, uh-huh. Spoon maybe, and I forget who else, but uh, started a company called Stay Tuned. And near and dear to my heart, because he's a tough fighter of an entrepreneur, it is a Shopify roll-up, but not in the classic sense of what people think of roll-ups of, of buying the e-commerce stores, but in the app platform. So it's a software roll-up within the app ecosystem. So both are really unbelievable sectors with incredible volatility. I think Serge said he's, he's panicked about volatility. And sadly, this show's title is Panic with Friends, and, and <laughs> sadly, we're in a bit of a, bit of a panic here. Uh, the markets are in turmoil, as CNBC would like to say, and volatility is up. And a lot of young people, and Serge is young, uh, are seeing some incredible volatility, not just in crypto, but in our beloved e-commerce stocks, including Amazon and Shopify. So this is right in the wheelhouse of what I want to talk about, because Serge has got two day jobs, and both are in turmoil, and both are in high vol modes, and both are generally thought to be the future, e-commerce and decentralization, crypto, NFTs, blah, blah, blah. So who better to talk about both these trends than Serge? So let's get him on the phone. Serge, you're on the phone. Why did I say phone? <laughs> hey, Howard. How are you doing? <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Dial Up with Howie. So <laughs> where are you today, buddy? Where, where, where are you at? I'm in the Lower East Side in New York City where I live. Great. And is you, are, what are you selling today? What, what do you have to uh, sell to make rent next month? Oh, I'm looking around my, my couch, <laughs> my... Oh. I'm on Twitter selling stuff right now. I'm, huh. I'm taking bids on Twitter. Luckily, I have enough followers uh, that I'm getting some bids on things because I don't know how to use Facebook or, or, or Etsy or all the other stuff that's out there. 
I, I am actually selling a pair of dumbbells, which are on offer up right now. So I'm trying to get back to the real What real does world. a pair of dumbbells cost? Well, during the pandemic, they cost $1,000. Now no one wants them anymore because they're- A full set? <laughs> well, I paid up for them and panicked and bought them. <laughs> no, but like a full set? Uh, the adjustable ones. They have both legs. <laughs> so wait a minute. You, you, I didn't think you cared. Is this while you were single and during COVID? This was right when I met my now fiance and needed to needed to go to the gym. And uh, I was just stuck at home <laughs> all the time. <laughs> she sold some crypto and bought some metal. Is that what you're saying? This is what it's comes down to. You became a nickel trader. Sort of through a bridge of some sorts. <laughs> okay, so how many pieces? Because now I'm into. I, I want to maybe buy. I, there was a shortage on this. So how many pieces are in this dumbbell set? Well, the, well, it's two pieces, and it, and th this is one this that sounds was like a very scam. popular. <laughs> it was, it was, it was very pounds, very popular during pounds. during the pandemic. Right now, no one wants them. <laughs> I totally want them, but I won't pay. So let's see how this podcast goes. Maybe I'll earn them. Uh, the eight sleep guy wouldn't give me a mattress. Maybe we can get some free dumbbells. So, so tell people a little bit about yourself. You're Serge. Where are you from? Uh, I was born in Beirut, Lebanon. Oh, um, that's not a name from from Middle Eastern. Well, Lebanon's actually very French speaking Good point. country. So yeah. that's where the Serge comes from. But I'm I'm Armenian by descent. So my family is Armenian uh, from from Beirut, and we moved to the U.S. in the mid '80s and to Los Angeles, and then made my way up to San Francisco for a long time. So, and since then, just kind of between San Francisco and New York. And today it's six man. Do you, is it split time or is a hundred percent stay tuned and you're kind of like spare time six man? How does it work? Cause there is no spare time. I work very hard on everything that I do. So yes. from, from my perspective, it's just right. This is the moment where there's so much going on. I go full force on stay tuned. I do full force on six man. So, you know, we, we are building things across the board. And how old are you? I'm 42. 42. You really waited. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting married. What's wrong with you? You and my mom. That's what they're, that's what they're <laughs> What me. is wrong with you, Serge? So, all right. So, you've got a Middle Eastern mom who has been on your case, I'd say, 16 years to get married. What's, when, when did she get on your case? Probably when I turned 20. And does your fiance know you're into crypto? Uh, she hears way too much about it. Does she know your 12-word password? Of course not. No one does. <laughs> I don't even. Do you know your? Okay, so let's get into two things. There's two areas that are freaking me out because I'm super exposed to them, e-commerce and crypto. If you had told me a year ago, and I was a seller of Shopify and Amazon at, at higher prices on the way up and felt dumb because they kept going up, and now I'm a buyer on the way down and they keep going down. So if you told me that Shopify would be down 70 80%, um, I wouldn't have believed you. So where is someone who's staked his his business on the Shopify software side? Where, what's going on at Shopify, do you think? So we saw an opportunity in Shopify that was a long-term macro trend that all of e-commerce was moving to Amazon from a marketplace model and Shopify from a direct-to-consumer model. Mm -hmm. no, none of that has changed. Correct. Right? Like every merchant that starts today is going to open in a store um, and is going to start on Shopify. The largest merchants are going to be doing the same uh, via some of the headless tools that Sh Shopify did. Now, valuations are a different thing and exuberance in the market is a different thing. Yes. Let's um, not even talk about that, but let's just talk about the <laughs> core, what's going on. Is it, So you're saying nothing's changed. When you wake up today and say, I want to do a store, you think of two things, Amazon or Shopify. Is that what you're saying? 
Correct. If I want to, if I want to be an e-commerce entrepreneur and I want to sell goods, I start on Shopify or on Amazon or on both. Mm-hmm. And the market's going to continue to go in that direction. Or GoDaddy, correct? Or GoDaddy. I guess GoDaddy. Well, like you have to buy a domain. That, Let's well, just talk about the. Th- you got to buy a domain. Can you do that on Shopify? Yes. Okay. And you can connect your GoDaddy domain directly to Shopify. Got it. So it's Shopify or e-commerce. So did you see a world six months ago where Shopify could be down? In the three hundred dollar range, I've never been a public market valuation expert. But you know so that it's we, down we, seventy or eighty percent. Would you? We have? know that it's down. We know that it's down. There is for us. There are some advantages because we are acquiring software, so the multiple contraction helps us in some ways as well. Um, but those numbers, I mean, look, did I think where Bitcoin is going to be today six months ago? Did I, did I think where? You know, I look at the price of Solana, I look at the price of these of everything just way down. Look at the price of Google, look at the price of Amazon. I mean, we're in a giant correction here. So it's, you know, it's, it's figuring out how to navigate these worlds as a builder rather than you know, worrying about where the prices are, worrying about how to get to the outcome that you want to get to. Correct. So nothing's changed in the e-commerce system as an entrepreneur. There's nothing fundamental that you see shifting. Nothing shifting outside of the macro trend of people, you know, spending more time in stores than they were during the pandemic. And the the growth has slowed down, of course, because we were in a hyper growth mode of a black swan event, basically. But the macro trend of merchants are starting on Shopify, applications and software are being built on Shopify. Looking at Shopify as an operating system, very similar to like an iPhone or Google Play, which is where I came from before, none of that has shifted. Software developers are building point solutions on Shopify to enable some of the biggest merchants in the world to go on to Shopify. Correct. And that macro trend will just continue. It's just the volatility in the ride is crazy right now. And do you think, it, it isn't just them. So I'm trying to think this through because there's a lot of talk that fundamentally maybe things have changed to Shopify, but I don't know even what that means. So I'm talking to the source here who, who, who is looking to buy companies built in the OS of Shopify. You don't see any fundamental shifts. There, there's still one war to be won in the Shopify front okay. or the e-commerce front. Shopify won all the small and medium-sized merchants. Um, it's, it's really the only option where most like 90% plus start. It's like quicken of e-commerce. Exactly. Now, you hear a lot about kind of these stories with Fast and all these people who are vying for the checkout. Mm-hmm. The large merchants, which Shopify is primarily going after with its headless solutions that compete against- And the what cust- does that mean? What's a headless solution? It's a customly built software solution where mm-hmm. the, front, the front end can be built uh, through custom point solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the biggest merchants. Meaning like restoration hardware could build, redo their site on the OS of Shopify. Exactly. Whereas years ago they couldn't, right? They'd have to build their own software stack, mm-hmm. and they or they'd have to go to you know a Magento or a Demandware or some of these older, more archaic mm-hmm. e-commerce solutions. Roy Rubin listens, so let's be careful with our. Uh, word. I, I love Roy. He's been very, very <laughs> no. helpful. For Just us. kidding. Not listening. Should... <laughs> Maybe he is. Hey, Roy. So, oh, now Canute likes me again. So uh, <laughs> he loves Roy Canute. So. I'm just trying to explain to people because this is an important subject that we never really have dug into on the sh- how how bullish I am on Shopify, but like even in in these scenarios, fear and doubt creeps in. This is why I want to chat with you about it because I have my own fear and doubt. But you, as someone building and staking their life to this, 
they do have a, a, a tro- the Trojan horse is headless. Is it a mistake that they went down this path or is it just part of the battle they have to go here? Their DNA when Shopify, Shopify started was, um, they, it started as a snowboard store for small merchants um, and they started with the SMBs. Um, their growth and their biggest opportunity as they've evolved are these enterprise customers. And this is the push towards Shopify Plus and, and Headless. And just given that uh, e-commerce is getting you know, more easy to customize, they're, they're really well positioned to continue to move up that. And they're, they're w- winning larger merchants. And um, that's, that's where the growth will come for Shopify in the longer term. You know, we met and instantly you fell in love with him and that's just how it happens. But uh, it took a while for me to, you know, because you're Lebanese and I'm Jewish, it's, it, there's tension. <laughs> so once we got through the tension, oh, Knut's smiling again. Knut likes when I get myself in trouble with somewhat racist banter. That too. So white you are. But uh, <laughs> so what got you excited about this idea of the platform? Well, the reality is startups are a nonlinear path. And we, we started off doing something completely different. Yes. And Howard, you know this really well. We were building a completely different product. And we iterated and we iterated and we iterated. We saw our ups and downs and failures and uh, some successes. And um, I, I had managed an app ecosystem at Google. I was one of the pe- first people um, on what was Android Marketplace and became Google Play. And um, when we started working in the Shopify ecosystem, we realized that this app ecosystem that Shopify was building was going to get bigger and bigger because of a lot of the parallels that we had seen with, um, with other app ecosystems. And so we started kind of just pulling that thread. And we, we met with someone named Jason Finger who had done something similar sure. on the roll-up side um, through uh, Thrasio and some of the other businesses that he had rolled up. Mm-hmm. And he was thinking about exactly the same thing. He was looking for you know, a group of people to to roll up some Shopify software and build a big software suite. And we both saw that these businesses were high margin, cash flow generating businesses, point solutions that were mission critical to Shopify's merchants and ecosystem. And there was a lot of really attractive acquisition targets. But he needed a, you know, great technical team, um, product team who could manage them. You know, my co-founder, really, really strong CTO, um, we brought in a merchant brand expert um, who had, was one of the early product managers at Warby Parker. We brought in a great corp dev person and started building a team around this. We've now done six plus acquisitions. We've grown uh, organically over 50% um, and we've, uh, we're doing great. Um, the, the scariness is just every day the, the narrative around Shopify and the e-commerce ecosystem continues to change and we're just figuring out how to navigate that on a day-to-day basis. So. You know, it's been it's been fun. The last year has been unbelievable, and just like any startup, like we battled, we grinded. And you know, I came from a career where, you know, we built a business that was tens of billions of dollars at Google from zero, um, and had seen a lot of like past, you know, right place, right time. And it took a little while to get this going, and now now we're off to the races. Yeah, I mean, people forget if Google doesn't do what it's doing, what Apple's ten trillion, or we're like all subservient to just Apple, like. Part of Google's job, as much as we all want to hate the two, they at least are keeping Apple somewhat in check. Yeah, I mean, it, it controls the ecosystem, especially internationally, where developers really have to build uh, Android apps in, in, where the market share is completely one-sided. To right, in some countries it's 70% Android, so it's like, 
I guess, right? So they have to, Google has to have these ecosystems built. Correct. And Google always took a developer uh, first approach. So the way I actually got into crypto back in 2013 was um, the founders of Coinbase had approached me to make sure that um, they could get the Coinbase app approved ah, on the Google Play Store. Didn't know and, that. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we met with them and we, we worked very closely. So they were only a few people at the time. Yeah, we met with Fred, um, sure. who now is Paradigm, and, uh-huh. um, and just kind of fell down the, the crypto rabbit hole at the time. But the, the point being is Google was very much like accepting and wanted to work collaboratively rather than, you know, with Apple, um, you know, two-week window for, you know, any kind of approval, everything kind of fall, goes into a black hole. We were developer-friendly, and um, it opened up a lot of interesting opportunities for us, and we were... A l- you know, we were very proud of being more iterative around uh, new technology. My group ran a bunch of the emerging um, products, virtual reality, um, crypto, some of this other um, media, uh, entertainment. And um, we were we were much more iterative. And, and for me, it was good fortune because I've, I've always been much more interested in some of these frontier technologies from VR and AR and, and crypto. So I started learning about it. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that started with, with what Judas and I are doing is we, um, we, we just started buying early on, 2013, 2017, um, NFTs. We were, you know, I, I was one of the early whales on NBA Top Shot just because we just I remember. dived in. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we just dive in. And, and a lot of that was kind of that Google Play mentality where um, just try, figure it out, be iterative. Let, let, at the time, you'd let developers submit to the store and then, you know, slap their hands if they did something wrong. Um, that's changed a little bit now, but I think that was indicative of what the ecosystem was like, a very experimental ecosystem. All right, we'll come back to crypto. So let's finish up with Shopify. So then, and how big is Shopify internationally? Do they dominate internationally or what's the world look like? What's the e-commerce work look like outside the U.S., like Europe, Latin America? Yeah, they're getting close to 2 million in global merchants now. I don't know what the breakdown is uh, from a country-by-country country basis, but mm-hmm. um, they've, they've got a huge presence now in, in Australia and South America. And, um, you know, they're, they're pushing very strongly for this internationalization. And we, we've, been, we've been looking at opportunities to take our software, and this is part of the growth opportunity of what we're doing, and expand it internationally to other areas that we could potentially, uh, potentially do where Shopify has a nice foothold. Um, Australia is a big one. It's it's no no coincidence that Afterpay came out of Australia. And so, what is the biggest risk in an Amazon Shopify world? Like, what is the things that keep you up at night about e-commerce? Um, we're being very experimental with debt in this world. Um, we're using a venture model with debt, hmm. and um, uh, that's an opportunity, but it's also a big risk, right? You're constantly trying to figure out um, how to navigate debt facilities and figure out what the right structures are. Um, I'm I'm a startup person. I'm a, a tech person. I'm not necessarily like a, a private equity person who's really agile with debt. But you're, you, you have to be, right? So a lot of the risk is figuring out how to navigate the capital markets appropriately to structure these acquisitions the right way so that uh, they are accretive and the cash flows continue to accumulate. And so how is Shopify, so this is how it works. Shopify is a marketplace and people can build apps, whether it's billing or tax stuff or logistics, right? Or shipping. 
apps that merchants, like a mom and pop or a small business that has an e-commerce store, wants to make Shopify better, right? Correct, correct. So explain that just simply for the audience. So basically, you set up your store and you want to add uh, what we call point solutions or you know specific product software, like think just SaaS products on your store. Mm-hmm. So we have a product that enables you to do, it's called Dexter, enables you to do price A-B testing. So you put a product page up and you can show two different prices for that product to figure out what the optimal product price is. It's a simple solution, but Dexter is not something that Shopify would have natively. The merchant would have to go and download that app to provide an A-B testing solution. Uh, Similarly, we have one that enables uh, offers inside of product pages, offers inside of the cart. Um, Shopify doesn't do that natively. It's a point solution. Um, and you would go download the app. If it was a regular e-commerce store, you would have to go buy the software, sign a one-year contract like a SaaS deal, like a traditional SaaS deal through an enterprise solution, and go through you know, a, a sales rep or, or however their uh, developer evangelism works. What's beautiful about Shopify is they have an app ecosystem. Downloading an app to do your A-B testing or to do your size chart or do whatever you want is as simple as downloading an app on your phone, but for your store. Excellent. So how is Shopify in dealing, like, are they open to this idea or is this in the dark that you're doing this? How, how open are, is this idea that you have? We're working very closely with Shopify. So mm-hmm. we have, um, you know, we work closely with the people there. Um, they actually have reached out to us about potentially uh, working uh, with them to feature one of our apps for their uh, developer day. And um, what's great about it is they want uh, their ecosystem to grow. They want their app store to grow. And we're bringing money into it. We're investing into it. We're growing it. So our incentives are directly aligned because with our software, their merchants get bigger mm-hmm. and they they want to nurture us because they want to see more point solutions and more bu- people building applications that merchants use in their ecosystem. Yeah. Great answer on the venture. Like the, the structure of your business keeps you up at night. You're you're someone else's bitch in many ways in that, you know, Fred Wilson or people say, don't build on someone else's platform. Is there anything that, that makes you worry about Shopify, the business, so the company, the, the platform? The biggest threat to Shopify are these one-off headless software platforms that are outside of Shopify, which Shopify is competing with. So there are other platforms that are trying to build their own headless version of Shopify mm-hmm. and are competing directly with Shopify. They're venture backed. They're getting a lot of capital. We don't worry about like the big commerces or the demand wares or or any of the other big e-commerce platforms per se. Mm-hmm. But there could be a fast upstart that is competing on the headless side that could jump in and potentially take away some of these larger merchants from Shopify. Mm-hmm. And so death by a thousand cuts is what gets Shopify. There's no like, oh my God, you wake up and Shopify has a different business. This is, I, this I, is someone that comes in, makes an offer to like a big retailer, builds, builds, builds in an open way and slowly disrupts Shopify. Correct. I think there could be five or six of these guys to come and different flavors of the headless platforms to come in and, and take some of that market share away from them. Their growth is predicated on some of these bigger merchants. Got it. I think the, S, the SMB game is over. They've won that. It's going to be very, very hard to disrupt them on the SMBs. It's the enterprise that's the biggest challenge for them right now. Okay, good explanation. So, so thank you for that. 
It's never ending. Whether you're the king or not the king, people are coming for Shopify because the market is so big. So the the rewards are staggering for anybody that disrupts even a small portion of Shopify. Correct. Correct. I mean, the, the e-commerce market just is going to continue to grow. And what's interesting about Shopify too is they're trying to go beyond e-commerce. Um, we actually bought an events uh, app which allows real real life events in stores and um, enables ticketing for those real life events. So the way Shopify is positioning himself is we're a platform for entrepreneurs to build great consumer facing products. And um, I think I think they're trying to expand in very different and innovative ways and it's part of the DNA of the company. Cool. Okay, so now let's go to crypto. You go down the rabbit hole in 2013. Was it an instant, I get it? It, it was an instant. I am very curious. So I graduated um, from business school in 2009 out of the financial crisis. And I, it's funny, I graduated in 2002 into the dot-com bubble and then 2009 into the financial crisis. And we knew, everyone knew that our, you know, with TARP and everything that was going on, we knew that the uh, financial system was just completely broken. And when the Bitcoin white paper came out and this whole concept of decentralization and stored value and currency via decentralized platform, it was intriguing, right? We, we wanted to pull the thread and learn more and more and more. And crypto, Bitcoin, everything else around it has continued to evolve. And that curiosity is just kind of what's pulled me in, I guess, for like 10 years now. Um, and the velocity around it is so fast and you're constantly saying change. And like for someone like me who's like eternally curious, like I can't, I can't help myself and I haven't been able to since 2013. I mean, that's, that's fascinating. So what, what does crypto mean to you? Uh, it means, so it means the same thing as I think how I viewed the internet in the early days and how I viewed mobile in 2010. It is the next platform that people are going to build on. Uh, the most talented people in the world are building on crypto right now. Mm-hmm. And that was the case. And the most crooked, in, but that's just the way the world works. <laughs> well, you could argue that the most crooked people and the most talented people are the same people. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the internet. You, everybody says the most talented, which I agree with. That's what brought the internet. But it's also we're seeing the most crooked. And this has never been in a harder time to trace the crooked. Well, everything is on chain. So you should be able to trace everything. Okay. Which, which I think is one of the the biggest misconceptions around crypto. Okay, is that's like, a good point. Is, is anonymity. It's, it's actually quite the opposite. You know, at every point, what people own, who they are based on an address and how they're moving things around. But, you know, you've got, you've got some of the smartest people in the world um, who are in all corners of the world. Um, I think one aspect of it is I'm, I'm a very international global person. Uh, the companies that we've invested in have been all over the world from day zero. And there's there's just a lot of aspects of it that pulls together a lot of the things that I've been passionate about my entire life. Uh, developer communities, um, frontier innovation and disruption, uh, decentralization, uh, gl- global community, um, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, media content rights in a different way. And all of it is happening in kind of like this crazy loop all at the exact same time. And why does it seem like it's taking so long? Or am I just too close to it? Well, I, I think if you look at the adoption over the course of the last year, 
Um, there's been a whole bunch of new people that have come into crypto uh, much faster than actually I expected. And if you look at the history of crypto, you've had different kind of demographics of people come in at different times. Um, you had the, you know, kind of frontier crazy people come in initially. Then you had the second set of people that were interested in, you know, DeFi and just like finance geeks. Then you had kind of the media and collector people with the NFTs. And, you know, now we're starting to see just people are being told that they have to have exposure to crypto. They have to be using crypto or they're going to be falling behind. And so there's a whole bunch of new products and technologies out there that are enabling people to come in and onboard it in a different way. I think one of the things uh, we invested in at Six Man was Steppin, which is something that we're very, very proud of. It's the coolest thing. And let's just end with this because you need to come back. I know you're busy, so... We'll keep it shorter because you need to be a regular, but just because these are my two favorite subjects, money and e-commerce, which are kind of the same thing. And Shopify, you're in the center of two of the biggest trends and explosions. So Stepin, did we talk about it with Knut? Do you remember? Did we talk about it with Mike or no? Because I don't want to like bore people. I don't, don't think know. so. He talked about it. But let's catch up on Stepin because Stepin blows my mind. Yeah. So how did it come to you? And, and, and let's talk about it. We, we met it. We, we met them uh, right when they were raising money from a guy named Jason who works for uh, uh, founded a fund called Folius. He sent it to me and Dudas. We were basically like blown away day one. Where I, are the founders from? They're from Australia. And is that how they spell? Is they just spell like criminals, or that was just a cool word? It, the the company was actually initially called Find Satoshi because you're supposed to run around and catch Satoshi. Oh my lord! Thank God they didn't do that. But we we pushed them to change the name. Okay. Um, so and it's actually spelled like an American. That's how an American would spell it exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they came. They came to us, um, and we immediately jumped on, jumped on it. Um, you did, I'm a man. runner. I go running every day. I collect NFTs. The product is super. I simple. thought you lift weights. <laughs> I try to. I'm selling my weights. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. So you like running? Yeah, but the product's super simple. You you buy an NFT sneaker. Uh-huh. You put it on, and then you go outside and you go walking and running, and then you earn for and you get rich. You get rich. Pretty much. It's the internet you get, in your pocket. You get rich and you get a six pack. It's great. You're winning ah. on two sides. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's two lies in one sentence. So, <laughs> hence my problem with crypto. No, but I mean, you, the app is dead simple. It's still janky, but that's just Howard. Uh, it's such a cool, it just, it's just so close to being, but it's also, I have so many things that can go wrong with it because it's got to be, it has to do so much in so little time. Or it can implode. But it's dead simple. And the thing that it's done that no other crypto project has done is it's onboarded a whole new group of people who are curious about crypto and NFTs, but don't have use for them. Right. So the onboarding has been super simple. And the experience is magical. You put on the NFT sneaker and you're earning. Suddenly you own an asset. Okay, but that right NFT. there you lost me. Why can't I also get a real sneaker? Why can't I? Is that coming? I no comment, but you can imagine. No, but they am I just a, crazy? Like, why can't I also say, Howard, for three hundred dollars, we also have like a Steppen brand shoe, or even a Nike shoe with a Steppen that you sew on yourself in your spare time? The possibilities for the the Steppen economy are endless. Correct. It's, it's, so okay, so I'm not stupid. Like that, that's still where it's lost me. I still want to wear the Steppen shoe to promote it because then it's got the loop going. They, they've announced a partnership with ASICs already. So you can imagine where, where some of this stuff is going. Mm-hmm. So, so you get your little digital shoey. And you start walking, you go outside, you go for a run. And then suddenly you look at, you look at the app and you've, you've earned token. 
and that token trades on you know exchange but you don't want to sell your token because you want to use your token to go out and upgrade your sneaker and so that you can mint more sneakers so that your sneakers are more efficient mm-hmm. they're more resistant this fucking blowing um, my mind because it's just so simple i've never sold any of my token that i've earned. am i rich yet <laughs> how much do you, how often do you run because i'm an indirect investor Oh, you've done well on that one. Okay. <laughs> so, so hang on. So you get the shoot. You like, and everybody's using it. I'm using it, and, and Matt's using it, and uh, that's why we have crypto native people. And Canute, they don't have a size for Canute. <laughs> so they, they say Australians. They only goes to size six. Canute. Oh, I'm sorry. The criminals there are very small. So now the hard part is to make sure it's not all lollipops and balloons. Not everybody can just make money. So now, now you have to build an economy, don't you? Like ha- this can't all just be infinitely lollipops and balloons. Well, the the magical thing that they've done is everyone's spending the token in the economy. No one's leaving the economy, so the tokens are being burned inside of the economy because people are so incentivized by the game. Like I want to have more sneakers than anyone else. I've got, I think I've got seven at this point. No, but and, like you know, in anything else, there's going to be the the guy who comes in the Warren Buffett who goes, "Fuck these people! I can't wait to cash out." But the community now is strong enough that no one person has, you know, has so been able to So that's a key. Them. So that helps. We just don't know all the problems that can exist because this is what an economy looks like. Yeah, the biggest problem to date has been Solana going down. <laughs> wow, which is not supposed to do. Which is not supposed to do. And we we, we are very, very, very bullish on Solana. And um, in, in that first fund, we... We made, you know, I think 20 plus uh, investments in the Solana ecosystem at the perfect time. Um, and it goes back to like the original conversation, like they, they're building an app ecosystem. They're building an iPhone that people can build apps on top of. And we were drawn to that. Because- and that was part because the guy who started Solana comes from the chip and hardware industry. Like he just, he understands that this is like, not, this is not just one thing you got to build, build, build. Correct, and if you pull if you pull the curtain, you'll see a lot of the people that they hired come from you know the Googles. We have a lot of friends who have worked there who have built app ecosystems and built developer communities, wow. and they've been very very prescriptive on how to build, which has been great. Which has been great for. Are you ecosystem. talking about Stepin or Solana? Uh, Solana. Yeah. So Stepin, we don't know. It's the no. It's the unknown unknowns right now because this is all new. Solana is going, meaning the internet's going down. Their software is going down, meaning Solana goes down. So, so Solana goes down from time to time. And that's, so that's like AWS going down if you have a website, like explaining it to, to regular people. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, to your point, how fast is this stuff going and yeah. is it moving fast enough? Stepin's accelerated it. People are using, you know, the, it's a toothbrush test. Everyone, yeah. people are using crypto every day with yeah. Stepin. This is what saves, like, this is the stuff that I always like. Why didn't Nike think of this? Well, they don't have to because they. this is going to be a war because fitness is the ultimate frontier. Like getting paid, it ties into healthcare, weight, fitness ties into healthcare, which is the economy. Exactly. So the sneaker companies are watching. ASICS is already involved. I'm sure Nike's got uh, FOMO. Um, there's going to be hundreds of copycats. Pretty exciting. It's It's fun. I mean, and the team... If you you meet those guys, Jan and Jerry, uh-huh. they build, they ship product, they know crypto, they know games, they're incredible. And so, tell me what was the valuation when you did something like Stepping? Because it was a crypto crazy valuation or a regular valuation? No, we, we we were first money in, so it was low. We can't say what the valuation was, but it was under twenty. It, it was where social leverage would typically invest. Ooh, 
I'm rich. <laughs> so, uh, so maybe I should get a Steppen tattoo. <laughs> so, uh, so that's exciting. That feels good. Like I like part of what we do is our fund to funds. Our emerging managers is want to partner with people like you because we're old and we get just as much excitement seeing other people get excitement. So you're excited about this stuff, but you're also on the other side doing this. So your fiance is doesn't like you, or does she care that you're not around? <laughs> she, she, I'm around. I manage all these things, so she's uh, she's very patient. <laughs> and is she in the industry? She's an architect. Oh, right, right. She's an architect. She's a dentist. So she's an architect. She builds stuff too. Is she into crypto? Does she use Steppen? She doesn't use Steppen, but she does own a few NFTs. She has a nice collection of, uh, of tokens. And uh, you know, look, we're planning for the future. So we got to make sure that she's properly diversified in the crypto space. And what is Step? Is, is it women or men? Is it 90-10? Is it 60-40? Um, I don't know the exact number, but I'd imagine there's uh, the demographic or people are more similar to what like a typical mobile demographic would look like than kind of like crypto bro demographic is because, you know, they're they're trying to bring in people who who love shoes and love fitness and love kind of normie things and not uh, not necessarily like sophisticated DeFi yielding protocols and all the stuff that confuses people. Like this is dead simple. You put on a shoe, you go out and walk and play a game. And you get treasures and rewards. Congratulations. I mean, it's fun, you know, getting to know you and working with you all these years because you it wasn't a straight path. But it's been, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been crazy. But I think the non, there's always a few straight paths. I've been in a few straight paths and they're fantastic people. Uh, but it's it's not normal. What what usually is is a lot of fucking grinding. Look, uh, it makes it makes the successes sweeter, right? If you just grind in a way, and uh, I think I think the journey has been really, really fun. And look, I'm thankful you guys have supported us. Social Leverage has supported us across company funds. Uh, you know, your partner Gary has talked on the phone with me for hours, coaching and stuff. So it's been it's been awesome. Yeah, Gary's good. Me, eh. so uh, well. Thanks for coming on. We'll 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 check back in. Uh, anything I, you're, I wouldn't worry about the volatility. This is just a real reshuffling of the deck. From what I'm hearing from you, it's just the the onboarding is 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 not going to stop. There's a hiccup in the system. Uh, it sounds like a lot of weak hands are getting shaken out, but um, the core, the center should hold here. Exactly, and look, eyes on the prize for the long. This is we're we're doing everything for the long term, and both are incredible macro long term trends. All right, you're the man, Serge. Be well, and we'll we'll talk soon. Thanks, Howard. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of those kids that just got it all together. Yeah, no ego, just building shit. Another one of those fantastically we're super so nice guys. Yeah, we're super lucky. Yeah. Maybe I know what I'm doing. You definitely know what you're doing. So uh, you are listening to Panic with Friends. I, uh, I have to pee really badly, Knut. So okay. uh, we're going to hop. Is this on? Yeah. So uh, Panic with Friends, search my name. We, we, we talk nonsense with uh, founders, venture capitalists, traders, who else? Uh, investors, uh, lunatics generally, 
who can't stop working, but feel that work is not work. As you can tell if you listen to a few of these, everybody loves what they do, even if it sounds stupid and meaningless. The uh, We just have the eye on the prize. So, And the goal here is to make a few bucks, stay ahead of the, the curve, not years and years ahead, maybe sometimes just a few months. Today, it was about crypto and, and Shopify. So search my name, Howard Lindzen, Spotify, Google, Apple, uh, the internet, and subscribe. Bing, bang, boom. Once a week, you'll get an alert, and you will have me uh, chirping in your ear. Have a great week, everybody. See you next week. Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.